Ever think about starting your own podcast? The Maverick Podcasting Network makes creating and running your podcast easy and fun. Visit maverickpodcasting.com to get started today. Hi, everyone. This is Jordana from Drink It In underscore Jordana here with season eight, the miracle season. I'm so excited for you to hear each episode where I interview so many fascinating people with miraculous stories, big and small. Don't forget to share, comment below, and enjoy the show. Hi, everyone. This is Jordana Baracha from Drink It In underscore Jordana. I am so excited. We are in season eight already. Woo, I can't believe it. And this is called the miracle season. And we're going to get a little bit about what our guest this week thinks about miracles. But before we do that, I'd like to introduce you to Moshe Reuven. Now, Moshe Reuven, I came across on Instagram. He's a musician. He'll tell you more a little bit about his uh, journey, who he is, where he lives, what he does. So we can get a little bit flavor before we get into the heart of miracles. Go ahead. Take it away, Moshe Rubin. Hi, everyone. Nice to meet you all. Um, so my name is Moshe Rubin. Yes, I'm an artist. Um, you know, uh, just had um, my most recent song come out with uh, one of Bob Marley's sons. And my previous song before that really did a lot of wonders for me, um, reaching millions and also charting uh, in five countries, and namely uh, Billboard um, in America. Um, and yeah, so, but that's not all I've done. Um, I started off in startups, um, even though I was been doing music before I was doing that. I, I was passionate also about building businesses when I was younger. So in college, I built my first startup and it led me to a lot of different opportunities in the startup realm, which also led to me writing for places like Forbes, Entrepreneur, um, HuffPost and other notable um, magazines, um, which also led me to being interviewed by those places and let me know a lot of people in those industries and whatnot. Um, and as I was doing this, I was, you know, for years, I spent years in yeshiva, growing in my Yiddish kite, um, you know, and, uh, and eventually getting smicha and um, I also was building businesses and building my social presence so that I could hopefully, you know, speak to more people, um, you know, get my, my, my message, God's message, Hasidus across, you know, Torah, good things um, to more people, um, allowing me to have the most impact in my span of time in, in life as possible. So that was, um, you know, that was the goal. And thankfully, you know, has the music's coming out and it's showing to reach more and more people, you know, it's, thank God it's, it's working. That's so nice. So do you mind me asking, where, where did you grow up? What community were you, did you grow up in? Yeah. So I grew up in South Florida, Cooper city. Oh, cool. Uh, I was, yeah. I wasn't, I didn't grow up in like a from environment. So what, so when did it like, when did you get the, that bug? that this is something that you wanted to transform, reinvent your life religiously? That's an interesting question for me because I think it started in high school where I just like, I was so steeped in the culture of, you know, being a secular high school kid that, um, 
I started realizing all the problems of it and uh, it just led me down a more spiritual path. Uh, I, I, you know, different a- events that happened to me led me to realize about wow, God's really running my life. Mm. And, you know, that I always believed in God, you know, I think all, you know, we're, we're believers, sons of believers, you know, we're all, all Jews, but, you know, to actually bring it into practical things uh, wasn't, wasn't necessarily something I focused on growing up as much as like, just be a good person. So, um, you know, having a relationship with God, you know, that leads to a lot of opportunities in life, you know, a lot of things to try to discover. And at that age, you know, it was very much a discovery age of like trying to figure out what do I believe about life and God and, you know, uh, eventually later on, years later, that was like, well, is my is the Torah true? Is other religions true? Is all these different things were like questions that I, over time, had question answers for my my journey to like figure out what I what I want to be in in that realm of of uh, you know that there is a God and I'm here because of Him and I have a purpose, um, and um, yeah, so. Um, was it was it, well was it was there like one rabbi or yeah in college rabbi Lipsker in UCF um, was the rabbi for you know he was my mentor for years and he is to this day and um, amongst other other mentors that I have as well but you know he he was a game changer for me because I was in the stage of like in college and I'm like this because of this transformation that I was slowly going on. Mm-hmm. on with god i was like this guy that believes in god and like is on a spiritual path and you know you're around college around all the pressures of of that world which is 10 times 100 times could be than what you were in before and you know you don't know where that could take you so it was was pivotal to not rabbi lipska he you know he changed my life because he gave me a route to discover more answers to my questions and look in in the right way at different places and, and think about things uh, in a kosher way. And also, you know, how to, that led me to going to yeshivas where, and, and being able to see also what I, what I think about different religions and discover that on my own as well and, and try to come to my own conclusions, you know, instead of like being forceful. It was very much a holistic journey. I, I was like that guy that, that doesn't take things on until he, he like, I don't know. I, not that I didn't, you know, do, not say initial, but also there's an element of figuring out like what do I really believe about these things, you know? Because I'm going with the concept of like a blank slate. I just want to do truth. I want to do what God wants. Hypothetically, everyone could be wrong, so <laughs> it led me to the right conclusions. I thank God. So, now can I ask you a question again? If you don't feel comfortable, you don't have to answer. How did your family take to this uh, religious transformation that you were going through? Yeah, my family, that was interesting. Um, family is very supportive. Yeah, I would say sure. that challenged me the most. Also, deep down, want the MS the most uh, in like now, whereas not everyone wants the MS the most and, you know, yeah. deep down. But the people that challenged that, uh, I would say that I see them doing a lot of more Jewish things because they kind of challenged it a little bit. And I guess they see my journey, you know, but not that anyone, I never, I was never like imposing anything on my family. I, I was taught not to, mm-hmm. um, but I definitely was looking at it like, wait, but why do we, why do you guys, why, why does everyone believe these things? Or why do we think this way that this, like, like, and there was a little bit of friction because I was definitely trying to figure things out myself and 
you're around people that love you the most and but mm-hmm. they're generally supportive rocky is a rocky times at times but generally my family was amazing my parents 100% were amazing supportive and to this day 100% supportive and a lot of the issues that people end up concluding with that the struggle of figuring themselves out uh thank god didn't happen to me so so that's beautiful you know i always i always say one thing about uh parents in general sometimes i don't know if you you've experienced this that parents want the best for their children they want their children to be wealthier than they are they want their children to be more educated than they are they want them to be better people but when for some reason when it comes to religion <laughs> parents like hold back no don't be more religious than me right i don't know i don't know if you've ever experienced that but for some reason that's one area i've i've come across um i you know it's a it's a psyche that is a little bit bewildered but i'm happy to hear that overall that they were very supportive and what i do love from what i'm hearing from your story really moshe Ruve, and what i really love is that one that you had nice support and you had such a, a nice connection, you said even to this day with the rabbi, your mentor, but the fact that you, when you started off this interview and you were saying all the things that you did, there's you've contributed to the world to not, not only in a Jewish way, but in a global way, when you talked about the startups or the art, and we'll get a little bit more into it, when you've written, you know, sometimes when people come into the religion, I think they go into a cocoon sometimes. And and they and there there are blinders put up and and I'm I'm a big fan of people that can combine everything together in such a beautiful way because we live we live in this world, you know yeah. we don't we don't live in a cocoon and we need to um, be positive um, contributors to the world that we live in. So it's so nice to hear somebody who grew spiritually, grew in their religious observance, but still kept up with other aspects of the life and so that that's really nice to hear i would just say uh it's not oh it's not as question as you're saying <laughs> but so uh, the audience when he says it's not as simple as i'm making it sound yes yeah um for me i'm saying at least because uh, and i heard i hope he doesn't mind me quoting him i interviewed uh rabbi Chaim miller he uh adapted the good nikomish and he wrote turning judaism outwards and a lot of other famous uh works that he's done he's amazing and uh i interviewed him he actually went to uh the same yeshiva as me Mm -hmm. Uh, and uh you know so it was interesting to hear his perspective about that and you know whatnot and he said that part of his journey and part of every year's journey is the life of uh, immersing that you immerse when you're in yeshiva, you immerse, you cut yourself off from the world. You know, you're in the, the spiritual cocoon when you're, then when you go into the world, you, you, you're, you're immersed, you know, you're not, you're not in yeshiva anymore. You obviously have to remember yeshiva and keep your yeshiva values and learning and, and growing, but you're, you're immersed in changing the world. And then, you know, there's different aspects of life where you, where you retreat, you know, ruts of a shoe. You you go back and you come down, you know, into into the practical issues. And I think I definitely had that. That's a good way of epitomizing my journey. You know, it, I had times where I was cocooned, where I was I <laughs> I was walking along with God. You know, I I didn't have mm. one. You know, in some regards, even before I before I met Rabbi. I didn't have, I didn't, I was doing that all alone. <laughs> you know, I didn't have anyone to speak to except God. Um, so, but that was useful for me because that immersion 
was I created, I mean, God created this, this, you know, revealed this connection that we already have on a very high Madriga where I, that time, my entire journey was just walking with God, no, no one to help. And just creating that, that initial stage, that was huge. Having a rabbi, you know, we, every person has a Moshe Rabbeinu, uh, that they should have in their life, like the Rebbe, but having, you know, having a Shliach of the Rebbe, having a own rabbi, whatever it is for a person, you know, it's a Jewish concept to have a, someone that you could speak to, someone that could help guide you. That was immersion for me. You know, I, you know, people saying to me, like, I was like his protege at the time, because I was literally asking him all my questions, re- learning from him as much as I can. Every single thing, like, Went to went to rabbi at some point. What that wasn't necessarily initially, but at some point that was just immersion. I have a rabbi that I could connect to while I'm in school. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeshiva immersion. You know, uh, you're there from you're you're waking up at somewhere between five and seven, and then you're there learning till ten ten thirty minimum. You know, and, and the that's 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 immersive, even if. Um, maybe for some endeavors, I would take a couple hours for certain things at times, depending on what was going on in my life. Mm. Uh, so like that was my immersion, you know, uh, everything, you know, so there's definitely times where I was cocooned and that the fact that I've been doing these things, obviously I've been times where I've been immersed in change, trying to change the world for a better, trying to be a positive influence in the world, trying to do good things and do everything that I do in a kosher way. Um, you know, there that, that was there too. So, but my ability to immerse in a proper way in trying to be impactful in the world is completely, it wouldn't exist without the other immersions of just walking along with God, walking along with a rabbi and God, you know, mm-hmm. walking in, in, in university where you're one of the only religious Jewish people, you know, out of 60,000 people or whatever, you know, so, um, all this, all that was a, definitely a prelude to allow that, you know, and I think that some people need to have that, mm-hmm. uh, needs to have that, you know, a kid when they're born in the firm world, they have to, they're immersed in tournaments, they're not going out on shulchas or doing some type of rabbinical, you know, thing or doing some positive thing that they're, they're going to be immersed until they're ready to leave yeshiva or, you know, and then go out into the world. That's their desert, you know, That that's their that's their journey through the desert until they get to the, the promised land, you know? Mm-hmm. And then when they get out, then they have to work the land. It's going to be harder than being in the desert. God's not going to wash your clothes for you. You know, you right. have to do it So can I ask you, where, where did the creative side come in, that music part? So the creative side was there before. Everything. Uh, yeah. I, like my friends and I, when I was in school, uh, when I was a teen teenager in school, we We'd mess around musically, you know, and uh, I even started out. It was something I always like had an interest in, but I was like, I was an athlete. I was the basketball player, you know. I wasn't, or my I was the math kid or whatever. I was not like the, uh, you know, that that type. My brother was the singer and dancer and of the family, um, and pianist and can pick up songs like like without even studying it for a second in a second and write and make music out of it so i i wasn't that that guy i, I had a passion for music i always loved music i like but when i when i started to apply myself i mean i in general i have family members and it's in my family always says this is in our blood this is in our 
Hold on, let me just make sure it's not. Yeah, this isn't our blood. This is like, this is our, you know, this is 100% normal, even though you, and, and, and again, that's Torah mitzvahs. That's God, because uh, the fact that it's brought to fruition, because, you know, in general, when a person taps into their neshama, they get, they access an area of life where they, they can possibly tap into different talents that they have, different things that they could be doing because they're in tap tune with their, their true essence. Um, and then also Torah Mitzvah kind of separates a lot of things out of your life that shouldn't be there anyways. Like they're just distractions. They're the klipa. They're taking you away from truth. They're taking away from where you should spend your time. So all that, all that allowed me to nurture it. But in high school and middle school, a little bit, mainly in high school, I was, I was writing music every single day. I was writing songs. Every, I was texting my, my, my bet, my best, one of my best friends, you know, uh, verses and choruses and different things. And he, they, and I had like this small group of kids that were like, lo loved everything I did. Like, they were like, wow, this is amazing. That's like, that's brilliant. Blah, blah, blah. But it was always not with, I mean, not always, but when I started out, it was just the typical stuff. Stuff, you know, maybe. <laughs> and I, that I didn't, you know, I didn't, uh, I didn't really make it when I was 14 years old, 15. I mean, when I was 15 years old, because uh, I don't know what it would be. <laughs> I would want to, I don't want to get up, get everything off of SoundCloud or whatever was there mm. back then. So, like, um, you know, that talent as I grew spiritually, it. it it changed when I when I just wanted to change my life. I was like, okay, I want to use this for positive. Like, I don't want to just do nonsense. I want this to be useful. I want this to be used for helping people change. Like I'm changing my life, move in a positive direction, live a more meaningful life. And then Jewishly, I was like, okay, like I'm learning God's wisdom. Like I want people to live in, in a better way because I have this talent. Maybe I could share ideas. It doesn't. So it, over time, it grew. There's definitely stages of cocooning in that because I didn't know how to do it. I was like, mm. I'm a growing kid. How am I ever going to make a song? And maybe this rabbi is going to say I did something wrong or that person is going to say it. Maybe I'm going to say something wrong, actually. And like at certain stages, I was like, no way. But as I grew spiritually more and more and had more guidance and more uh, wisdom from Rabbi Ruvanim and whatnot, I realized that there's ways to use use it in a positive sense okay i like that i like it you were you were channeling your passion and your energy into a a, a more kosher more spiritual realm yeah speaking of spiritualities and and that train of thought when you hear the word miracles what do you think about as a miracle miracles to me you know their nature that's it's the same you know nature is a miracle you know, the fact that the sun comes up every day is a miracle. We don't call it a miracle because that's the reality we live in and we experience it every day. So a miracle to me is God changing that slightly even and in a way that changes reality forever and possibly saves a spark of creation that could have, could have maybe wouldn't have been otherwise. So how would you say that you see miracles in your life then? So, I mean, hopefully, so I guess what I'm saying is hopefully we see it every moment, you know, hopefully every moment we see, wow, this is a miracle. You know, there's this world spinning and everything's, you know, all these things are happening around me. Everything, all, all nature, everything in the world's a miracle. Like we should have those eyes. We should be able to see it. But miracles in my life that are 
beyond the realm of nature. Um, those are those are the things that went right for me when they maybe shouldn't have. Uh, the fact that I went on the right path when I, there's so many reasons why I wasn't. The fact that if you asked anyone in high school or middle school or any probably age of my life before I started making drastic changes, if I would be the person I am today and have changed and become more of a good, meaningful, spiritual, inclined and religious person and a rabbi, you know, you know, I have smicha, you know, like they would say never. These conversations are going on today somewhere in Cooper City, Florida. Mark Sharatsky, blah, blah, blah. Could you imagine that? Well, no way. Like that's happening probably as we speak between <laughs> mother and someone else's mother. And I'm just laughing over here with you about it. You know, right. <laughs> and that's a miracle for me. Like that, that's a miracle because I, I, I see the other side of things now and I've learned so much and I've seen the scope of reality that God's blessed me to see. And I'm like, yeah, this is, this is what I should be doing. Okay, maybe there's certain areas. Maybe this thing I need to do better. This thing, you know, um, I need to do better. But the trajectory is right, you know, and that 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 wasn't the case necessarily always. Oh, I, I like that a lot. So, you know, to recap, that you're saying that your life itself and your life's journey is is a miracle. That if you know, going back to your hometown, people be like, "What is going on?" You know. But when you look at it, you know, this you have. What's coming out and what I'm hearing is such um, gratitude. I w- that would be a good word. Gratitude and appreciation for the path that you're on. Uh, yeah. Because when you look at it, you just feel like it's just a better life. Yeah. Yeah. Gratitude is for sure. You know, I, um, I definitely always feel that. I don't always put it that in those places. Like, I, 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 it is gratitude. That is ultimately what it is. I'm just like, wow, thank God I'm here. Right. Thank God. Right. Thank God you have this path because this is the path that you're you're loving and you feel you feel true to yourself of who you are in this path. Is there any, you know, when and it's interesting that you say that, you know, different people, if you would take someone off the street and you would say to them, oh, what's a miracle? Right. And sometimes people think it's um, these global things, you know, like when we talk about from our own heritage, the splitting of the sea or um, the, the the candles on Hanukkah, you know, how the oil lasted, something that is above nature or it's not, the, or it wasn't necessarily in the natural uh, scheme of things. And people are like, oh my gosh, did you, this is unbelievable. Did you ever come across any of those in your personal life that was like, you're like, oh my gosh, no way. Yeah, yeah. I had a, uh, from what I understand, a near-death experience when I was younger. Wow. I don't really know what happened. It was, uh, you know, ultimately, it was like involving drugs, like not intentionally, you know, at a party, you like drank something I shouldn't have or whatever and didn't know what it was, that there was something in it or whatever. Um, it was more like a bad trip type of thing. I don't really know if it was really a near-death experience but the way i experienced it it was and it was also like um that was that was a miracle for me because as weird as that sounds and that's that's something beyond nature though for me because otherwise you know the natural kid doesn't have these things occur and things go on a certain trajectory and um the reason why people that have things that happen to them they 
start, they, it's possible that they go on a more spiritual path is because if everything goes, if you grow up the some way and everything goes status quo forever, why change anything? Unless you're one of those people that are just always questioning everything. Like, why is the sun blue? Why is the guy this? Blah, 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 blah. Like, unless you're one of those people, which those are a short amount of people. And even those people won't necessarily want to change their ways because of those answers. They're just, they're just interested in, in questions and answers. Um, so that uh, changed my trajectory because I wouldn't have, why would I change, you know, otherwise in, in some regard? Because life's, uh, you know, life's fun. Life's, you know, things are good, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, basically part of what I experienced, not necessarily, I, mean, I would never promote drugs and it was not a good experience and don't do drugs. You know, stay, <laughs> don't do drugs, right? Yeah, stay in school. And uh, <laughs> I wasn't a drug addict whatsoever. You know, I was just pretty yeah. out drink, you know, stuff like that. Um, but, uh, you know, and, you know, I, I didn't like, I'm not one of those kids that like, you know, don't have brain cells because a certain period of their time they got, it was a normal part of year, you know, just like everyone else. Mm-hmm. This one experience, probably a bad trip, maybe near-death experience. I understand it as a near-death experience. I, I just saw the potential of like, what if at this age, at 16 years old, you just you know everything's over Mm, and and like yeah i saw like this image in my head of like things that were could possibly happen like a visual type of thing so that was an awesome story uh moshe ruvain you know and i'll tell you what i find so awesome and inspiring about it is that there many people have had uh you know whether you want to call it a near-death experience or some sort of experience and it doesn't wake them up and it doesn't uh you know, rattle them a little bit. Like maybe they could be rattled, okay, for a day, two days, a month. But for you, it's it's so amazing that it really went to your core and it it allowed you to pursue and and, and made you question. And I think that's very uh, uh, commendable on your part. And okay. especially also, you know, also when you had mentioned about... Uh, you're the type of person that would ask questions. And it's so interesting how you mentioned, ask about the sun or you mentioned nature because that's about Abraham. That's what Abraham did. He he, he yeah. was the first Jew, right? Because yeah. he sought out God as opposed to all the different characters in the, in the Bible that came before him. God reached out to them, but Abraham reached out to God. And that's really, it sounds like that's your beautiful, miraculous story where you reached out through different yeah, yeah. experiences. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely had an awakening from above though, to influence me questioning my life is all I was saying. And then like you're saying, like it is an Abraham story because he was like uh, the first Jew was questioning. Right. Uh, but I was just pointing out, is like most people, they grow up a certain way and they're not going to question unless something happens literally. Right. Like, and that's why some, it's sometimes a common reason why people start questioning. Um, but yeah, absolutely. That, that that the questioning aspect is what and having people i guess around me at some point when like once i got to college and i met a rabbi that i really liked that would that would be conducive of that type of approach that was also a game changer for me right so you know something that i've been mentioning in in different episodes is that really uh, um in my opinion and this is based off of the bible the uh, miracle and we say in hebrew is a nace Nun Samech, 
And a nace in the Bible is a banner. It's on a pole and it's a banner. And, and what we know, what is the purpose of a banner is an advertisement. So usually when, when we say God did a miracle, he's like advertising himself to the world. But when a miracle happens within ourselves, it's a banner, it's an advertisement to ourselves. That's a really interesting point you're bringing out because literally what we were talking about before about like my hesitancy sometimes to share my miracle story. Like you said, it's a banner for Hashem. It's a banner that there's, that there's something beyond beyond the realm of, of Teva, you know, of nature. So, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, what, what you're saying is perfectly aligned to that part of the conversation that everyone missed because uh, it's uh, it's exactly what, uh, what I need to be doing because I'm yes. a, a banner. Yeah, you are a banner. But I think it's more than just that you being a banner of God, you're a banner to yourself. And I think sometimes people don't realize that, that when we could show ourselves what we're capable of, it just juices us up even more and it motivates us even further. So when when we realize we are also sometimes the ultimate cause, you know, that we're doing it, not not only we're partners with God, like, like oh, that was so beautiful what you had said earlier when you said, I was walking along with God, even at a young age. And that's you, it says, you know, can I use this imagery? It's a, I, I feel like when I hear your story, it's as if you're holding the banner with God. Does that yeah. make sense? You like that? Yeah, do Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, everything you're saying, I, it's it's ominous. Like I just, I resonate with it. It's on that. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's cool to hear another perspective on it. I just, I, I don't, you know, usually, <laughs> I don't usually feed out like this information to like hear it back. But like, yeah, it's what you're saying is 100 percent. And, and I think that's what drew me to your account a little bit. And I don't know what drew you to my account, but the, the music part, because I feel like the music really touches a soul and, and we're tapping in. And yeah, you have all that other aspects to your life and the startups and so on and so forth. But for me, music, the creative side, that is soulful. And that is like holding the banner. Okay, now I'm going to put it one step further. It's like holding the banner with God and it's on fire. <laughs> yeah 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 i mean and that's also why i was so like when i wasn't making music and i wasn't putting stuff out and i wasn't making any progress like meaning like in the world outside of me um it was a killer it was like i'd see i'd be so happy for other people's successes in it but i'd also be like when's my time to do this like when am i gonna make when am i gonna do this and how am i gonna do this and why am i not there yet and in doing it like just the fact of getting across that line and that's why my first song was so big for me because it kind of like broke a barrier where it's just like you're doing it you know now just keep doing it yeah so right you're doing it right exactly you're doing it so now do you do you write do you write music do you like to sing it what do you what's your favorite part of of the musical aspect my favorite part um well, it depends. You mean the, of the creation of it or the yeah, whole yeah. thing? Yeah, yeah. As far as creation goes, my favorite thing is to make sure I get a certain song the exact way, at least hopefully exact, that I had it in my mind or mm -hmm. better. Wow. And, and the process of getting it there um, is, is fun for me. So recording, I really like, actually. I love being in a, a state-of-the-art studio, you know, that's worth, you know, all the everything in there is crazy money and you're you're about you're allowed to express yourself you hear it perfectly because it's high quality everything mm -hmm. 
and you know that this is exactly what I had in mind. Also, a problem with that was when I was growing up and you're going through puberty and stuff, you're, you're concerned, like, why does my voice sound this way this day and that way that day? And then, like, you that you're, you like, and then when you're on the phone, you hear it a certain way. When you put it, they record a video on audio, you hear it a certain way. And all that most of the time is, is because it's not good quality. You can't even hear it. You can't even hear it properly. Yes, there's an aspect of you sound differently in your head than other people hear you. But there's also an aspect of all the audio that we use on a daily basis, even the iPhone, whatever, as advanced as it is, it's not a perfect representation. Until you go into a studio um, that, um, that you hear it perfectly because it's all state-of-the-art, you don't, it's hard for me because I'm like, I think it comes out this way, but I'm not sure until I go into the best studio that I could find to give me the exact expression. So I love recording uh, in the in like a in, in like a place with with good quality things to make sure that it comes out the exact way I have in mind. And how about performing? What do you feel about performing? Um, when you get into a state of flow, yeah, you probably heard of it in many things like. When you get into a state of flow with other people and you just are your expressions and expression of the quality almost. And if the worst things, I don't even want to talk about the worst things, the okay. not good things, flesh in the cute, like the not, the not good things are when you're overly nervous and you can't express it perfectly and things just are not coming out the way you have in mind. The best thing is when you're in flow, flow state, and everything's coming out exactly as you want. You're not thinking overly about Joe Schmo in the corner so that thinks this, this person's doing that. You're with the audience and you're just an expression of whatever Hashem's, you know, the music Hashem's pushing through you. That, that is the ultimate for me. And any time I've performed in front of an audience, that's, it's like, they remind, they, and at Flosa, it reminds me of sports when I, just way better because it's more meaningful and and it's more impactful and it's changing people's lives much more than if you did you know if you played a good game when you get that in a sport though it feel you feel that similar feeling a little bit where you're just like everything clicks everything you know you you see everything from a higher state almost it's a spiritual thing almost i guess and and do you have any performances coming up i think i once asked you that online do you have anything coming up no i do Oh, are you allowed to share yet? I'm not. I don't actually think I'm allowed to share that of that, a okay. lot of, it, a lot okay. of them. But okay. I, but the ones I am allowed to share, one that is the next one that's really pertinent is a little bit over three weeks away. Mm-hmm. Hashem, prepare me for it, please God. Um, that it's a little bit over three weeks away. Um, it's in Coney Island, and it's Coney Island Amphitheater. Oh called chosen fest or chosen comedy festival because it started off only about oh, the one on august 16th i think yeah one of the yes. musical performances oh very nice very nice that's exciting i was gonna I, i'm not gonna be around then but if if this podcast comes out before then guys you know you should go check it out 100 percent. that sounds yeah. pretty exciting um and it's also somebody- miracle Oh, yeah. that's also part of a miracle for me in some regard. Not not the oh, it's a miracle. Well, everything is a miracle when you years ago were not doing anything. You're just like thinking, how am I going to do anything? Right. So that's a miracle, like we were talking about before. Thank God. 
Um, and it is a miracle. Every booking is a miracle. It's a blessing. It's it's yeah. from above because I come from a place where I couldn't even imagine if it really does happen. If it does, that is a dream come true. Um, but what I mean is the miracle for me and yeah, the, the, the banner for other people, a big part of this was, you know, some of the artists there, I, I, I studied, I, I, I watched throughout the stages, you know, I, it was huge for me to see those people. Um, what, one of the things, so th those people were huge bracha to me and start showing me there's ways to do this in the way that you have in mind. Or, or there's ways to be creative. And the fact that I got, you know, I got to a place where I am today and it's growing and building and building. Thank God. Matus mm -hmm. um, when I started becoming from, I didn't listen to him much growing up. And when he was big, er, uh, I don't, he's always big. But when he was like first coming out and everything, one was going crazy. I only listened to like two or three songs. And it was only when my brother would put it on his iPad, I, I whatever was back in the day. So I, I didn't listen to him, but I was becoming from, and I was like, I can't listen. I'm not listening to non-Jewish music, but I don't have, because that's, I, that's one of my, I, I wanted to keep that humor, you know, but, but I, I didn't have any Jewish music that I related to because I, I was such a huge gap, gra like it was so different. So the only person I listened to for like a whole year at least, and I listened to, maybe I became a huge fan of him was Matashahu. So his son Levy is one of the performances. Per, per, oh. It's his first performance. His first ever performance is with me on the on the bill, which oh. to me that that's nice from God saying, "This person, Madajari, that you paid attention to, like, you know, you maybe say next stage, next generation, you know, mm -hmm. full circle, the circle of life, you know, mm -hmm. that like I'm performing right next to his his son's first performance ever." Wow. And an, an artist that I paid attention to and that had a huge impact on me. And, and, and this is like, this is the, the funnel, you know, like this is the circle of life type thing. So that's it makes for me. Wow. And very nice. Those Beautiful. Are Beautiful. So now if somebody wanted to reach out to you and contact you to speak to you, maybe more about your journey or get more info on maybe your music or whatever else you do, what's the best way someone could contact you? Moshe Rubin? Uh, as crazy as it sounds, um well i don't know if it's crazy as crazy as it sounds my dms i get you know i'm i'm trying to respond to as many people as can as thoroughly as i can i feel bad if i don't because like you know i even see like uh, you know i remember being that kid that was reaching out to someone that like like <laughs> dming him <laughs> so, like saying like Oh my! Oh my God! This guy's never gonna see this. He's not. He doesn't even care. Someone else runs the page. He's not. He's never gonna talk to me because there's no reason to. And maybe there's things that could happen otherwise. Or maybe there, I know that there's potential in my life and possibly just in general in the relationship if we just connected. You know. And I, I personally think about that, and I'm like trying to DM everyone, and I'm just like I need to do things outside of the, <laughs> talking right. to people. But, it's a shluchis, you know, it's a, it's a connection to other people. It's ability to have an impact on others. And, um, you know, so I see it as a responsibility to be able to be available to as many people as I can try to DM me. I'll probably be more subject to that than an email, an email, like I'm going to pass over an email to someone else, maybe that's okay. the, 
Okay, uh, so you're going to have your handle up there. So not a problem. We're going to have your handle up when we post this. And if people want to reach out to you, do it via Instagram. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so this was great, Moshe Ravine. Thank you so much for taking the time. And uh, looking forward to seeing some videos from that uh, upcoming performance. That should well, be awesome. That's great. We have a great videographer for it. So. Good. Good. I'm excited. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you as well for having me. It was a pleasure. Oh, thank you. Hey, guys. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed. And why don't you go check out this other fun Jewish female podcaster? Hey, lovely. My name is Rufki Esquitz. I'm the creative director of Impact Fashion, a line of modest clothes available in sizes 2 through 24. And I'm also the host of the Be Impactful podcast, where I get the opportunity to talk with women of all types and stripes, making a difference in their own corners of the world. When I first started my company, there was someone who actually I really looked up to. I was perusing her Instagram page and her photos always look so polished. And I was like, I want to have a company like hers. And then I actually met her in person. And turns out that she was improvising just as much as I was. And and too often we fall into that trap. We get preoccupied with what everyone else around us is doing that we fail to recognize the greatness in ourselves. I believe that by sharing our struggles, journeys, and how we got to where we are, we bring everyone a little closer to feeling better in our collective skin. Together with my guests, some of whom you've definitely heard of and others you probably haven't, we do that deep dive into success, failure, and the journey to becoming our own person. Join us wherever you're listening to this podcast as we discover what it means to be impactful.